Okay, here we go. I'm ready. We are looking forward to a special week. We got here tonight, and uh, and I was trying to make technology work, and technology wasn't working the way I wanted it to, and fire alarm was going off, or some kind of alarm was going off back there. Did we get that stopped? We got that stopped, and uh, so uh, who knows how this will go. But hopefully it will go well. Our topic tonight is God is near, and... Part of what is behind this lesson is following up from this morning, uh, thinking about dwelling on the fact that our God is real and our God is near. And a part of that is this. I think in the deep south, we, we have a danger and we have a challenge. And the danger and the challenge is to make our Christianity a religion instead of a relationship. There's nothing in and of itself wrong with the word religion or religious. Uh, We see that word used in the New Testament. In fact, pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. In and of itself, there's nothing wrong with the word religion. However, if our relationship or our Uh, our relationship with God is nothing more than going through the motions and doing what people in the deep south do, then we need to rethink it. And a part of dealing with the difficulty in the world and a part of dealing with who we are and what our faith is involves our understanding that we are in a relationship with God. And it's very difficult to have a relationship with someone that is not near or someone that in some way is not... uh, is not one we can access. Technology helps us, of course, to have relationships today with people that are far away. But the technology brings us near to them. And so it's the purpose of this lesson tonight to, to remind us that God truly is near. That this is more than just something that we do in our culture. But that we truly have a relationship with God. And that's what enables us to trust Him and to feel good when times are difficult. And in many ways, uh, things are better when they are simple. And we've seen some of these, but children truly understand the relationship with God. And I've shared some of these before. Some of them, I think, are new. But children have such an honest and open way of saying it. In fact, before I go to the next one, I just want you to think about this with me. You think about how easy it is to cause children to feel comfortable in the dark or in situations when they are fearful How easily convinced they are that God is near. And how great it would be for us to be that easily convinced. But look at this one. From the mouths or the pens of babes. I want to be just like my daddy when I get big but not with so much hair all over. If you can't read that. Uh, Dear God, if you watch in church on Sunday, I will show you my new shoes. I don't know if you can see that any better than I can or not. (laughs) Carrie got it, obviously. Please put another holiday between Christmas and Easter. There's nothing good in there now. (laughs) 
I do not think anybody could be a better God. Well, I just want you to know, but I'm just saying, uh, but I'm just saying that because you are God, Charles. And I should have increased these just a little bit. Let's see if I can get this one. I bet it's very hard for you to love all of everybody in the whole world. There are only four people in our family. And I don't do a very good job of it or can never do it. (laughs) Two or three more. Dear God, instead of letting people die and having to make new ones, why don't you just keep the ones you got now? That almost makes sense, doesn't it? That's kind of the way, no doubt, God sees us when we try to figure out how he does things. Dear God, I think about you sometimes even when I'm not praying. This is signed by, apparently, Elliot Kinzer. (laughs) And I hope that's true, Elliot. Dear God, are you really invisible or is it just a trick? Well, our young people, our children are so innocent and so honest. And they have so many desirable traits in terms of understanding God. And oh, if we could just be more like them. And I believe it is easier for them to understand that God is real and God is near. And I realize the fonts here are are small, but I'll try to explain these as I go. Life is so cyclical. Because as a child, we see as we have seen and as I have tried to describe tonight that children understand God being near. They are so dependent and they are so trusting. And then we get to our teenage years. And in those teenage years, uh, they are so uh, invincible. Uh, Those years when I'm in control, when no one uh, can defeat me, when nothing bad will happen to me, those personal fable years. And then we get into young adulthood when our critical thinking skills uh, are somewhat farther down the road and so many times at this point in life we seem to have all the answers and then we get to midlife and as we get to midlife we see people dying and we see uh, adversity and we see difficulty and we realize that we are not nearly as invincible as we are as we were and then we get to the aged when we kind of return to where we were in the beginning, where we realize that life's not going to last forever and that's okay, that we cannot control all situations and that's fine too. And indeed, we go through different parts of life in which we reach out to God in a greater way depending on where we are. But I want to suggest tonight that I believe that no matter whether we are at stage one, stage two, stage three, four, or five, we should be able to understand and appreciate that truly our God is near. And we're going to look at several verses tonight, and I'm going to move through this pretty quickly tonight. And This, again, is just a reminder for us to leave here thinking God is near, and we're thankful for that. Psalm 145, verse 18, The Lord is near to all who call on Him in truth. The Lord is near. I'll stop just for a second. We had begun a study in our class uh, last Sunday morning on spiritual warfare. And this morning the book asked us to imagine what it would be like if God were to open our eyes and enable us to see the spiritual world. What would we see around us? That's an interesting thought. It's an interesting thing to consider. 
I think God is real. I think the spiritual world is real. I think angels are real, both on the forces of good and on the forces of evil sides. The Lord is near us if we reach out to Him and if we call on Him in truth. And so many times we feel like God is not near, not because He has moved, but because we have created distance between ourselves and Him. You know, sometimes we just get to coasting, and we get to moving in such a way that things are going pretty well, and we're pretty well in control, and, and things are going as we would like for them to, and so it's easy to get caught up in just going through the motions and sometimes it is truly difficult to accept the fact that those spiritual beings that we cannot see are real. And then sometimes we feel like Israel. And look at this verse from Exodus chapter 24, verses 1, and actually also verse 2. The scenario of Moses being allowed to come and draw near unto God, and he is told, in fact, read it as I paraphrase it, uh, he is told by God to bring with him uh, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, but only Moses can draw near unto God. And even though he brings Aaron and his two sons and those elders of Israel up on the mountain, and they are not able to draw too close to God, the people of Israel are to remain at the foot of the mountain. Now, where do you feel like you are tonight? Are you standing right there with Moses at the face of God, in the very presence of God? Or are you at some distance away, being closer than others, being with Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and the elders? Or is it possible we feel tonight like we are at the foot of the mountain, so far away from God, not able to draw near to God? I want to tell you tonight, we can draw near to God just standing right there beside Moses. And we'll see that as we continue. I think sometimes we have gone so far in rejecting those who have argued for years that the days of miracles are over, and depending on how you define that word has a lot to do with how you feel about that. But I think we've gone so far sometimes in trying to argue with those who believe that miracles take place today, that we have put God in a box, and we fail to accept the fact that God is very active and involved in our lives. And there's so many inconsistencies if we believe that, whether intentional or unintentional. That changes so many different things that keeps us from praying or causes us to pray just simply going through the motions. It causes us to walk sometimes into tempting situations feeling as though God's not close enough, therefore He's really not aware if I give in to it or if I fail to give in to it. He's not going to be disappointed. He's not aware. He's not close. It doesn't matter. I want to tell you, we cannot put God in a box. God is as powerful today as He has ever been. He uses His power today. It benefits us in so many ways. This is irritating. <laughs> and this is not anything but this remote. It's just not quite strong enough to get there. Look at Zephaniah chapter 3 and verse 2. In Zephaniah 3 and verse 2, Zephaniah is describing a woman who's wicked. A woman who had the opportunity to seek God and to have a relationship, to draw near unto Him and have God to keep her close. And look at why she chooses not to do so. First of all, she's so independent she obeys no one. 
She's just going to do what she wants to do. Secondly, when she's wrong, doesn't matter. She either does not care or is unwilling to realize that she has messed up. And then thirdly, she just doesn't feel that she needs God or she doesn't feel that she needs to trust Him. Because of those three things, she has no relationship with God. She's not near to Him, and He's not near to her. It's not because of what He has done, it's because of what she has done. If we find ourselves tonight feeling that God is not near, is it possible that one of these three could be the reason for that? And in Zechariah chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, the Lord was very angry with your ancestors. Therefore tell the people, this is what the Lord Almighty says, Return to me, return to me, declares the Lord, and I will return to you. Oh, how God wants us to be near to him, and he has not moved. Tonight, if we feel that God is not near, we need to look at where we are standing. And if we find that to be the case, it's not because he has created distance, but rather because we have. And as we talk occasionally, we realize that sometimes adversity brings us to reality. Oftentimes it takes adversity to cause us to realize that we need God, that He truly is near and is active and helps us through dark and difficult times. Part of the reason for that is adversity slaps us with reality. It brings back the truth that we cannot control everything, that things happen that we can do nothing about and we have to deal with them it truly brings us to a new level of understanding and reminds us of what is important I copied off the description from Horatio Spafford who lived 1828 to 1888 and who wrote this song it is well with my soul and I've referred to this often it just illustrates so very well how strong his faith was he was a wealthy Chicago lawyer with a thriving legal practice, a beautiful home, a wife, four daughters, and a son, who was a very devout Christian, a faithful student of the Scriptures. And his circle of friends included Dwight L. Moody, Ira Sankey, and various other well-known Christians of his day. At the very height of his financial and professional success, Horatio and his wife, Anna, suffered the tragic loss of their young son. Shortly thereafter, on October the 8th, 1871, the Great Chicago Fire destroyed almost every real estate investment that Spafford owned. In 1873, two years later, Spafford scheduled a boat trip to Europe in order to give his wife and daughters a much-needed vacation and time to recover from the tragedy. He also went to join Moody and Sankey on an evangelistic campaign in England. Spafford sent his wife and daughters ahead of him while he remained in Chicago to take care of some unexpected last-minute business. Several days later, he received notice that his family's ship had encountered a collision. All four of his daughters drowned, and only his wife had survived. With a heavy heart... Spafford boarded a boat that would take him to his grieving Anna in England. It was on this trip that he penned those most famous words, When sorrow like sea billows roll, it is well, it is well with my soul. I expect in ways on that boat trip he was 
closer to God than he had ever been. Not that he was not troubled, but that he realized everything was in God's hands and how much he needed God in order to deal with what his life had been handed. For a long time I've loved this verse, Psalm 55 and verse 22. Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. We've got to believe that God is near, that he cares. That we are in a relationship with him where this verse says no meaning whatsoever. When times are hard, we need God. And it is indeed the case that when times are hard, we realize that all the more. Psalm 34, verse 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. In Isaiah 55, verses 1 to 3. Come all you who are thirsty. And in fact, let me set this up before I go farther. Because it's almost a little confusing if you just read through it. God is saying, come to me. You don't need money. You don't need things. The blessings that you receive will be far greater than any of that. Just come near unto me. Read with me. Come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come. Buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread? And your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me. And eat what is good. And you will delight in the riches of fare. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love, as was promised to David. Well, I want you to think about that. And the words maybe even are a bit awkward. But it's not hard to see the intent of God. God is saying, I love you. I long for you to be with me. Tina and I are looking forward to Friday night when Carter and Allison and Haley and Will uh, come home to experience Christmas. And we are at that point where we're not used to that. You know, we're used to them coming home from school and getting good food and, and being single and being able to come whenever they want to. And so the sharing with other families and all those things that you go through at this stage in life are things that we're having to learn to do. And so because of that, can't wait. Can't wait. Why? Because we love them dearly. They are ours. We have a special relationship with them. That's what we see here in Isaiah 55. God is crying out to us because He loves us so and He wants us to be in His presence and for Him to be in our presence. Indeed, God is near. And in the same way that when our children go through difficulty, we care and want to help, God cares and wants to help. But what if we could get to that type of relationship without the adversity? You know, sometimes we have to be knocked to our knees to understand that God is near. And are you willing to pray tonight, God, bring to me whatever you might bring to me to cause me to rely upon you? <laughs> well, that kind of is a scary thought, isn't it? Well, the thought that I much prefer is I'd just rather do it the easy way. I'd rather rely upon God in good times and not have to go through hard times and adversity in order to have the relationship with Him that I need to have. And indeed, that can very much be the case. 
So, number three, how different life would be if we would accept that God is near without having to go through the hard time. And we talked this morning about some hard times that David went through, but in his writings he lets us know it doesn't have to be that way. All we have to do is realize that how good God is to us and how much He loves us and what He has done for us. Psalm 73, verse 28, But as for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the Sovereign Lord my refuge. It is doable to not have to be forced through hard times to be near to God. Why? Because the adversity that Jesus went through. He paid the price for us. He took care of that for us. And if we will focus on the cross as we should, if we will understand the gift as we should, then His adversity becomes the motivation for our desire for the relationship. There is a very strong difference in our relationship with God and that of Israel. Why? Because Jesus was between them and us. He showed us of God's love. Therefore, we read in Hebrews 10, 19-22, Brothers and sisters, we have confidence now to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, opened for us through the curtain that is His body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. The truth is, the farther we find ourselves from the cross, the farther we find ourselves from God. Have you ever faced temptation, and you wanted to give in, and it was something that looked good, and you just wanted to do the wrong thing? And you ask yourself to walk to the foot of the cross and look up at the blood that was flowing from the arms and feet and head of Jesus. And after doing so, then you decided, yeah, I'm going to to do that anyway. (laughs) And maybe a good motivation to help us to not give in to those tempting things, those situations that come our way, is for us to pray, God, help me to go to the foot of the cross. Help me to go to the foot of the cross. You show me someone who faces temptation and who walks to the foot of the cross and looks deeply into the eyes and the pain of Jesus and decides to go ahead and do it anyway, and I'll show you someone who's very cold and very calloused. Why? Never are we closer to God than when we are at the foot of the cross. And if we'll be near to the cross and keep the cross in front of us in all that we do, we'll be near to God. How could we turn from God if we keep this in our minds and in our hearts. And if I stay close to the cross, not only am I close to God, but God is within me by Him giving me His Spirit. Romans 8 and verse 11. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit. Who lives in you. I know the Holy Spirit living within us is difficult. It's confusing. It's hard to grasp fully. Having a clear understanding and total appreciation for it. And I think we cannot truly have a complete total appreciation for it. But I want to tell you, the thought of having God's own Spirit within me 
is special. Of having God's Spirit within me, that's special. And if God's Spirit is within me, I'll be a very different person than if His Spirit is not within me. And in fact, if I don't have God's Spirit within me, then Satan will place His Spirit within me. And it may be that we have allowed life, challenges, difficulty, maybe independence, maybe materialism, maybe worldliness, to push God's Spirit from within us. Maybe our prayer tonight should be, God, give me your Spirit again in full measure. The nearer we allow God to be to us, the farther Satan becomes. Either we are filled with God's Spirit or Satan's Spirit. In this verse in James chapter 4, verses 7 to 10, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Now you've got two different powers going on here. And Satan is powerful. He's extremely powerful. I love the thought of making Satan flee. I love the thought of making the devil run because in my life it seems most of the time he's running after me and toward me, not from me. I think I I can illustrate that in a way. It's hard to have evil thoughts when we're here, isn't it? When singing is good, when the prayers are being led in earnest and easy to follow ways, when messages and scripture is touching our heart, It's easy to not have those thoughts of temptation. And oftentimes what we find ourselves doing is feeling feeling bad while we're here because we know during the week we've said something or we've done something, we've given in because maybe that spirit was not as strong within us. Looking for ways to have that fire kindled, that spirit renewed, That spirit made active within us. Staying close to God and keeping a full measure of his spirit. And in turn making Satan flee. I like that thought. That thought comes not because we are so powerful. But God's spirit within us gives us God's power. God and us are bigger than Satan. Draw nigh unto God, and He will draw nigh unto you. Flee the devil, resist him, and he will flee from you. Deuteronomy 28, verse 7. The Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction, but flee from you in seven. God's side eventually wins. 1 Samuel 17, verse 47. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's. And He will give all of you into our hands. The battle is the Lord's. I want to be close to the one who wins the battle. Romans 16 verse 20. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. God wins. Indeed, God is not far away from us. And as we close tonight, I really want to try to bring this home and then lead us in prayer. God is close. If we ask God to open our eyes right now, we would see Him. We would see Him in our midst. 
We would see him as we leave. We would see him when we're down. We would see him when we're up. We would feel his hand. We would see his mercy. We would see his love. All of those are very real. Just because we cannot see them does not make them real. And you see, our lives are completely, completely different if we acknowledge that in a real way. If we acknowledge that in a real way, we want to be close to Him. We want to be near to Him because we know that's far better. Especially eternally. But I'll say it's not only eternally. Life is far, far better when we stay close to God. Far better. Since He is in our midst, and since because Christ took down the veil, we have the opportunity to approach Him and talk to Him just as though we would one another. Let's do that. Dear God, as we call Your name tonight, we know that You are near. We don't understand the way that you can be here at West Seventh and all across the face of the world. We don't understand the fact that you are in heaven, that in essence you're everywhere, but we don't have to understand that. We know that you ask us to understand that you're near. Father, we thank you for that. We pray that our study tonight and our consideration of these verses will help us in times of temptation, will help us in times of adversity, will help us in times of prosperity. We pray that this week as we enjoy our family and as we enjoy opening presents and giving presents and as we even have great pleasure from helping those who are in need, as we go about this special time of the year, we pray that we will feel your presence and realize it is because you have blessed us that we are able to enjoy these blessings. We pray that as we are faced with those things that tempt us so much, that we will look up and see your Son on the cross. That we will look down and see the blood-stained soil. That we will look up into the heavens and see you as you turn to keep from watching. We pray that we will be near unto you by being near unto him. And see the love that you have for him, for us. The love that he has for us in that great, great act. We are so sorry for the mistakes that we make that put him there but so thankful that you overlook them and forgive them and extend such a tremendous degree of grace and mercy to us. We know you want us to be near to you. It is our prayer this night that you will help us in even a greater way to feel your presence and to live in such a way that others want the same. It is through your Son's name that we pray. And amen.